Hello to everyone tuning into the Highly Optimized Podcast today. My name is Ryan Sprague, and throughout this podcast, I will be showcasing individuals who are living a life beat to their own drum, sharing their stories, and revealing their valuable information for each one of you listeners on how you can effectively take life into your own control, what steps to take to create your own path, and how to maximize your results in manifesting your dreams in this reality. Moving his way onto the show to share his medicine with us today is a man who is truly the most accurate depiction of a light-hearted, love-centered warrior I have ever had the pleasure of meeting in my life. He is a kettlebell sport world champion, having won the World Association of Kettlebell Sport Club Long Cycle title in 2017, a performance strategist in which he has created a multitude of programs designed to help athletes and individuals alike integrate their mind, body, and spirits to achieve long-term high performance in all aspects of their lives, and is a devoted medicine man and healer, where he uses the medicine of combo to assist individuals in moving through resistance in their lives. Please help me in welcoming the man who very soon will be winning yet another world title in the art and craft of fine espresso making, Mr. Mike Salemi. What's up, Mike? What's up, brother? <laughs> oh, I love the, oh, the espresso making just made me so happy, bro. <laughs> Dude, game recognized game, bro. <laughs> Dude, I I am eager to visit you on your home turf at some point because I am uh, a ridiculous fan of espresso. And so talking to Brooks Meadows uh, about your espresso making skills, I was like, yeah, I got to do this. I got I got to see what Mike's all about. <laughs> oh, you have an open invitation, my friend. <sighs> open invitation. Hell yeah. Yes, dude. You know, the only thing about espresso that uh, is a challenge for me is that like very easily I'll drink like eight shots and just be like, oh, shit, like that. <laughs> I got to go run a lap or eight, you know, to get rid of those shots now. <laughs> I've had that experience so many times that uh, it's almost, uh, I hate to admit it, but I even remember, I, I share this story sometimes when I was living in Italy hmm. and I was taking a, a bus, actually three buses to a, a power looking gym I was training with out there. And on the way back, it was like an hour and a half ride each way. There's when you get outside of the city of Rome, it's all paved streets. But then obviously when you're in the city center, it's all cobblestone. Hmm. And I remember drinking, I think I was like, approximately six espressos and i was on the bus and my leg was just shaking as if when i was on the cobblestone and so my legs shaking like my knees going up and down on the bus and i'm like oh shit okay like all right we're just on some bumpy roads nothing you know it's all normal but then as soon as i got on the paved road my leg still was shaking like i was on cobblestone and i was like oh damn all right time to take a break from the espresso so I hate to admit it, but uh, yeah, I, I definitely uh, have experienced that more than a few times myself. Yeah, man. It's just like, dude, who made espresso that good, man? Like the creator had to have known what was going to happen. Like, listen, I will totally uh, fall for that mistake over and over again just because like it's just so damn good, <laughs> dude. Like what actually uh, the funny thing was when we went to Zen in the Garden, uh, me, my buddy Eddie and uh, my buddy Jordan, I think you met all them out there. Um 
you know, we stayed at the house in Temecula and dude, they had an espresso maker at the house and it was just like dangerous, dude. Now it was nothing like, um, like the machines I've seen you use, but like, dude, it made a damn good espresso. And like, so it was just like, yeah, down a double shot. And then like a 20 minutes later, I'd be like, I just want more espresso. And before you knew it, I'm like, I gotta like, we're having dance parties in the kitchen at like 9am. I'm like, I gotta get rid of this espresso. (laughs) (laughs) So dude, yeah, yeah, dude, my, my kind of party for sure. You know, uh, I enjoyed it (laughs) and dude, I'm beyond excited to be sharing space with you right now. And for the epic conversation we're about to have and, you know, having heard your journey in pieces before throughout our meetings in 4D and knowing how epic each piece I've heard has been, I'd love it if you could share that journey with the listeners of who you are, what you're all about, and the series of events that have got you to where you currently are today in the present day. Dude, it's crazy. Like, I'm just thinking right now. So I, I turned 34 in two days from when we're talking right now. So I'm about to turn 34. <laughs> and what, whether it's the birthday and or just the new year, I think this time is always about just reflection. Like, mm-hmm. always looking back on the last year, looking back on the prior years. And it, it's been a really cool time to just sit and just see how different of a place I'm in now. Uh, in a year from now, and then also just looking back to when I first got into this stuff. And I first, I would say, uh, man, it depends when, when I really look back, because every single, from from even when I was like six, seven, eight years old, when I was kind of just getting into gymnastics, like, man, I've had some incredible, incredible mentors and teachers. And when I was a gymnast, my mentor, who was, I would say, the guy who I always wanted to embody and be like was a guy named Krasimir Dunez. Mm. And he was the silver medalist in, I think it was, he was, he was silver in Atlanta on the high bar for Bulgaria. And then he also competed in Barcelona. And like, when we looked at him, dude, as young kids, this guy was just jacked, like (laughs) jacked beyond jacked. And I remember as a kid, actually I started working with him a few years later. I got into gymnastics at around six, seven, but worked with him when I was, I think, around 10-ish. And one of the first things he always told me was, you know, if you want to look like me or for all, all those kids, if you guys want to be like me, you got to stop eating fast food. Mm. And at such a young age, that was still something at almost 34. Like, I've never forgot forgotten. And, like, so I feel so blessed to have had him as a mentor, just as, like, a physical teacher, a mover, but also who was just rooted in, in just whole food eating. And so he was a massive influence on me. And when I look over the years, I've competed in a number of different sports and been fortunate enough to coach a lot, a lot of high-level athletes. But every single transition from one sport to the next, from like gymnastics to powerlifting to Olympic weightlifting to kettlebell sports, each transition came via an injury. Mm. And so... It's, it's like, like what we, we both learned from Paul. It's like when the pain teacher shows up, it's there to bring a newfound level of awareness into our lives. And always I was, you know, I always thought it was, it was such a detriment and, you know, it, it typically caused the end of, of one kind of error or one, one passion of mine, but man, it taught me so, 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 so much. And so from the transition from one sport to the next, I basically from 14 years old knew as soon as I touched a barbell after transitioning from gymnastics, like I knew in some way, shape or form 
strength and conditioning, human performance, whatever that looked like for me then and how it looks for me now is, is different, similar, but different. But I always knew this is something that I was, I wanted to do. And like, so I consider myself super, super, super fortunate. And all along the, that way, like from, I was just thinking now, even in kettlebell sport, like Paul Check has been hands down my most influential teacher. I came to him because I had an injury in my left arm that no one could figure out for like two and a half years. Hmm. And while I thought, you know, I was never going to kind of basically reach the, the ranking or the level that I wanted to, man, working with him is, has really been the biggest, like the biggest teaching experience I've ever received and is the foundation for everything that I share now. So hmm. I feel super, super, super blessed. And, uh, as you would think, and as, as I, I know we all experience like things rarely ever turn out how we think or how we expect, but they turn out exactly as they're meant to. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that piece of wisdom on the end there was something that, you know, I am reminded of almost every moment of every day, you know, that if I could actually think about where I thought I was going to be, even six months ago, it's totally different than what actually transpired. And, and it's all divine. You know, and, you know, you mentioned that so beautifully, too, with like, you know, having challenged yourself physically for so long and being able to move into different areas. And I'm sure at the time, you know, like when you transitioned from each different type of sport, I'm sure there was like that, like, damn, I don't want to do this in that fight. You know, I can imagine uh, that you had that little bit of fight in you, um, you know, and 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 though. Your ability to transition and progress has what has what it's been allowed you has what it's allowed you to become the person you are today. And so I'm curious, as someone who has challenged themselves so much physically and so much in different planes of physical fitness, you know, what has trained training yourself in that way allowed you to learn about yourself? The first thing that comes up, brother, is like the importance and the in staying humble. Like I've been humbled so many times, so many times thinking like I have stuff figured out and like I'm at quote unquote the top of my game, whatever that is to, to, to each of us. And then just to get kind of sidelined via an injury or to learn, you know, to study with a, a new mentor who completely gave me a new paradigm way to look at strength and conditioning and health and wellness and I, I would say like keeping a beginner's mind and also staying humble throughout the process has just been such a, like a valuable tool. Like I, I truly do. I, I don't say this because it sounds cool or what, but I truly do believe that we all have something to teach one another, mm. whether it's, you know, a coach, a mentor, of course, but also, you know, the, the people around us, the people we surround ourselves with, me having this conversation with you, there is, some piece of wisdom that we can extract from damn near every single person, even if it's how we don't want to live our life or something we don't want to do. And so that beginner's mind, always keeping the mindset that everyone has something they can teach us mm. and we're always learning, always growing. That probably I would say has served me better than anything else in terms of uh, having to restart or start from the beginning every time I restarted a new sport. And because of that, I, I really do believe, you know, I've been able to re reach certain levels that I've been able to, but also to, to, to still stay hungry, to still stay 
uh, excited. Like, I think that it's so easy to lose motivation when there's so many responsibilities, so many things on our plate. But if we can learn to fall in love with the little things and, and the newness that is every experience, Mm. That is some of the, the the things that can keep us going for a long time. Yeah, dude, that cannot be stated enough. You know, I, I because I've dealt with the same thing a lot. Where like you know, like trying to like um, you know, like oh, I got to be the best at everything I do, and you know, like oh, I got to start something new. This stinks, you know, those kind of stories and such, you know. And and you said, you know, it's really funny you brought the beginner's mind, um, you know, concept because in the animal deck, right, um, the earthworm card is all about uh like you know starting something new and feeling less than right and uh the last line in it is and uh, i think it goes um and by the way rumor has it that a beginner's mind has the most valuable insights you know and and i never forgot that because i pulled it once and the immediate feeling was like, damn, man, I was supposed to pull the lion, you know? <laughs> and uh, I, think, I think a lot of guys have that same thought when they pull the first card and they get like the beaver or something. They're like, damn, dude, that's not metal at all, you know? <laughs> like, and, uh, you know, so, um, you know, I've really been tuning into that recently, like, especially with like um, things like steel mace, right? Like talk about physical fitness or things like um, feeling emotions in my body. <laughs> like that's been a really new uh, thing for me. And uh really has given me a lot of valuable insights and you know it really is exciting to start new things right like and i feel as though that's something that you know in my case anyway i had like really uh restricted myself from enjoying you know and so i'm curious you know over the years of you starting these new things and challenging yourself in different ways what have been some of the most challenging moments in terms of mindset that you've had to overcome? And I know we talked about a couple of them, but I'm, you know, I'm imagining that you've had probably a couple more than we've talked about just considering the level of performance that you've performed at and a lot of like the mindset that goes into like performing at those levels, you know, which is like a lot of no pain, no gain, a lot of like just like really like having to push yourself really hard. And so I'm curious what some of the biggest challenges you faced in your mindset have been over the course of your career. That's such a good question. Like one of the things that comes up is just like a memory when I was competing in kettlebell sport. And this was right before I was working with Paul. Mm. And I had been trying for a little over two years at that point to reach master of sport. And every single competition I would enter, I'd get close typically within, if I recall, between like four and six reps. And for those who may not be familiar, Master of Sport is essentially like, you could think of it like a black belt level in kettlebell sport via mm-hmm. ranking system. And it was basically, it was, it was a thing I was always trying to achieve. And it is a really hard ranking and it's like, a, it's a life achievement. And I would get so close and I would dial in my training and I was doing my meditations and eating well and not skipping any practices. And, and what I found was, is no matter how hard I try, you know, my, my left arm would get blown up. It would basically fill with blood. I'd lose all feeling in the arm and then it'd be incredibly painful. And it wasn't due to a lack of effort, due to a lack of discipline. It was basically, a, you know, a situation that I just didn't know what the root cause was that was holding me back. And that was incredibly challenging, incredibly frustrating. And you know, the scariest thing at that point for me, which especially at that time, so much of my identity was wrapped up in that as an athlete and, and trying to achieve this rank. 
the, the scariest thing for me was, was one, not knowing if, if I would like now looking back that I've achieved it, it's like, Oh yeah. Okay. I can see all the, the dots that came together and I, I, it all makes sense. But back then when, when you don't really know what's going to happen or you really don't know the outcome, you know, that, that's some of the scariest thing. It's like, man, no matter how hard I try, I really don't know if this is ever going to happen. And what I would really just rely on, and and it was, it was for sure an emotional roller coaster with a lot of tears and a lot of frustration. But I really do believe that, that in my experience, you know, anything worth achieving, you know, is is worth giving it 150%. If it's, if it, if it wasn't worth achieving, then, then everyone would have it, like they say. But, and so I just, deep down, there's always been a very deep level of belief in myself and just a trusting in some type of greater, like some type of greater process or picture or something. And I just knew like, if this is not meant for me, I want to make sure it's not until I really do feel like I've exhausted every single one of my means. And in the evening in a hotel room, it was like right before I was honestly considered quit. Actually, I mean, I considered quitting the sport multiple times, but this time was like <laughs> legitimately just crying, bawling. I was like, look, if this isn't for me, then that's fine and I'll accept it. But if there is someone out there and I was saying like a prayer or a meditation, you know, if there is someone out there that can help me, I, I would really love some support right now. I need some support. Mm-hmm. I need to know that this is what I'm meant to be doing. And legit, the next day was when I got an email back from Paul Check's uh, assistant at the time, Vidya. And she's like, you know, a spot just opened for Paul. He can see you on this date. And for me, I just took it as a massive sign that just keep going. And and I do think that perseverance and just sticking with it, like we we have have such like the human will and the human mindset is way stronger than a lot of times than than we think or than than I even think. And so, you know, the biggest asset that I've ever had that has really supported me is just like really just not giving up mm-hmm. just like, like, like you say, like one more rep, one more day, mm-hmm. what just one more effort. And I do believe that with that mindset, it may not look exactly how you think it's going to look. It took me another two and a half years <laughs> uh, to, to achieve, but it was the sign that I needed to, to, to tell me to keep going and, and to really just continue trusting the process. Yeah, man, that's beautiful. And you know, you touched on some really cool points there. Um, the first one I want to touch on is your ability to um, take in intuition, right? Which I know for me, mm-hmm. like, for a lot of men in general, right? Like intuition is sometimes overlooked. Um, and yet you had that feeling when that email came in from Paul, like, oh my God, like, you know, this is, this is a sign, right? This is something that I need to go towards. And I imagine it felt, you know, like if you could describe it in the vocabulary that we all use these days, like a yes in your heart, right? Like, and so like, you know, one of the things I've noticed, uh, and one of the things that Paul has been my biggest teacher in is learning how to read the emotional, the mental and the, um, spiritual bodies rather than just the physical, right? And, you know, judging by your level of competition and uh, being an athlete, I'm curious, um, at what point did you become aware of the fact um, that certain injuries or certain things that were coming up could 
you know, possibly be related to uh, emotions like stored trauma, things like that. Because that was something that like when Paul like brought that up to me, it was like a aha moment for me where my intuition had been trying to tell me that for a long time. And, uh, you know, because I knew that after my father passed away, like I just had a lot of tension in my body and I couldn't figure it out. And so I was booking weekly massages and just working out through the pain, you know, and doing all of that stuff. And so I'm curious if you've gone through something like that. And if so, at what point did you realize like, hey, maybe there's something actually going on here with my emotional body rather than just like a, a physical, like um, mechanical issue? Man, we've had, yeah, we've had the same experience, bro. The exact same. (laughs) I had a feeling. Yeah, yeah. And especially coming from, I would say, more of like a pure physical background, right? Like I was, you know, I was competing in in powerlifting in in a small, you know, basement powerlifting team. I mean, the entire gym was all garbage men, was all a few police officers and firefighters. Hmm. So very just like blue collar and, there was, you know, no focus on the spiritual side of stuff and no, you know, definitely no focus on the emotional side of stuff. <laughs> and, and and even even though at that time I was still familiar with Paul Check's work, I've been studying it since I was 18, but I don't think I was ready to hear it uh, until years later. And there's um there's a faculty of, of Paul, you, you, I'm sure you know of him, his name is Jator Pierre. Yep. And so Jator is a good buddy of mine. And you know, he's been his the, the lens through which he kind of sees the world and operates is very, very, very much on the mental and emotional side and that that level. And so every time we'd hang out, it was just it was almost like looking back, it was almost like a joke at first for me, because at first it was just maybe not something I was quite ready for. But when when we'd hang out, he you know, we, we'd always check in with each other. Yo, how's your training going? Uh, how's your body feeling? And and he's a he's a beast. He's a he's a beast in, in on the hockey arena. Mm. And uh, you know, he'd go, you know, how, how are you feeling? I'd be like, oh, dude, you know, my, my left shoulder, which I've always had classic instability and issues in my left shoulder. I'm like, dude, my left shoulder's lit up today from training. My left, you know, trap and and my neck. And he would always, always like I could like just count on it. He'd be like, I'm just curious, you know, what, what might not you be communicating with your mom? And I'd be like. <laughs> what are you talking about, bro? Like, what are you trying, what are you trying to tell me? You know, and, uh, what are you trying to invite in? But, you know, I think, you know, after enough times of just hanging out with him and then just more friends like to tour and, and, and studying the, the Paul's teachings more and more, I just started getting curious. And I would say that was probably around plus or minus when I was like 20, something 25 26 mm-hmm. and then i started getting curious and i'm like oh shit man when i am getting in an argument with let's say you know someone in my family or in the gym or whatever it is it actually is showing up in an area that kind of corresponds to that whether it's a, an issue with males on the right side and females on the left side or and so i just started getting curious and then it was like then i was like holy smokes this is actually pretty spot on. And now it's almost more as opposed to looking at if I'm, if I endure something in my body, as opposed to like the default being the physical, like what did I do in training to cause this? Now it's actually the default usually is first, you know, what is, what is this showing me that I'm not seeing on the emotional level or what am I holding here? 
And then the physical kind of comes in like, hey, when was my last training? Did I do anything to tweak something? So it's been an ongoing process, but I think having friends and community that are into all the things that we're into, man, it's invited so much curiosity and like, and I have felt massive, massive releases in body areas as soon, as soon as things were resolved emotionally. And especially for me, communication. As Mm. soon as I've been able to communicate or express in some way, shape or form that kind of got off my heart, whatever, what was on so many times did I feel like this, like a weight was lifted off me. Like I had a backpack full of rocks (laughs) and they just like fell to the ground. Yeah, man. You know, what's so funny about that analogy you just used. Um, do you know, uh, Jeff Lester by chance? Um, not familiar. So he's one of the elliptic coaches and uh, has a really cool life, like travels around and such. And so he has this um, uh, podcast called Walk and Talk. And when I went to Mark England's house back in August, we did this walk and talk. We walked around Mark's neighborhood and just talked. And that analogy came up of like, you know, it's like you're carrying a backpack for like so long and you're like, no, I need all this stuff. Right. And people were like, dude, it seems pretty heavy. You're like, no, I need all this stuff. Right. And then finally, one day you're like, you know what? This thing's getting really heavy. Let me like just look what's in there, right? Because I know I need it all, but let me just see what's in there. And you open it up and you're like, cinder blocks? Who put those in there? I don't need (laughs) cinder blocks, right? Like, and like, that's like really like a perfect analogy of how like my mind has worked for so long. Like, no, I have to hold on to this thing, this story, this person slighted me, you know, and all this stuff. And yeah, when I'm able to communicate that effectively, uh, it's just this like, oh man, like, why didn't I do that so long ago? You know, like it was so easy. And, you know, I joked with someone recently, you know, going through training camp right now and, you know, being reintroduced to emotions and uh, everything like that. And it was just like that funny moment where I was like, oh, yeah, like, remember when you were a kid and like you'd be upset and like about something and you'd cry and you'd feel better. Even if you didn't get what you wanted, you'd just feel better after you cried. It's like, when did we all forget about that? <laughs> I mean, like, when did we forget that? And uh, that was a really funny um, uh, insight that I had that I had recently, you know, and and, uh, you know, it's funny that you brought up community because, uh, you know, a subject I know we both resonate highly on is that of the importance of family and community and many are looking at 2020 and everything that is transpired as negative or bad quote unquote however you know i've personally seen a surge in the level of collective importance being placed back on community and working together rather than alone i'd love to hear your thoughts on this and what you feel the purpose of this collective dark night of the soul we've on all gone through is um, you know, I know that you and I have been a part of some incredible community building uh, retreats and just I'm so grateful to have the people I have and, you know, be in these circles that we're both in. And so I'd love to hear like, you know, what community's done for you, what you think this collective dark night of the soul we've gone through is um, meant for. And um, yeah, just everything you feel about community. Man, such a good question. I, and And what's coming up for me right now, it's like, the first thing that's coming up is like, sometimes it's hard to know like what we're missing until it's taken away from us or until we're really shown. And I mean, I've always, I would say I've always placed some type of importance on community, but never has it been more apparent. And, you know, just for the simple fact of like, like right now they just reissued another shelter in place in in my, my area. And, you know, from the holidays to my birthday to, 
you know, we're, it's basically like it, it's changed the whole family structure and not family structure, but just like, it's really just changed our ability to connect and, and be with community. And I'm like, damn, like I really, in, in many respects took for granted just being able to be with my family mm. around these times. And I was doing so much traveling for so long, like for a solid three to you know, three and a half years, maybe I was on the road almost six months nonstop hustling, teaching, travel, like trying to, to make it teaching workshops. And it definitely serves its place and perfect purpose. And I, in that respect, I did get to meet and connect with new amazing communities, hmm. but more than anything, what this has shown me is just, you know, I already have such an amazing community, my family and never, never, have I, I would say valued it as much as I do than right now. And so the first thing that, that comes up in terms of the purpose is just to remind us of, of really what the F is important to us mm. that like these relationships that we fostered from childhood, whether it be family or close friends, like that, that is truly the, the richest things in life. And, you know, with, with a few of the, the, the events that you and I have attended, you know, they, they've all been very transformative or very like enlightening or whatever. But I think one of the biggest things and, and you know, please, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but like yeah. for, for me, at least the biggest thing that I've taken away is like, wow, community is so nourishing, so needed now more than ever. And if anything, just the sense of community, brotherhood, sisterhood, it's like that's a, that's a nourishment that you you really can't put a price on, mm-hmm. and for me is directly in alignment with why we're here. Dude, beautifully said, man, and I agree wholeheartedly with that. Like that's been the biggest aha moment I've had all year. You know, I started this yeah. year of like, hey, like I'm starting this business, I'm doing all these things, and really what I've realized is like you know, underneath all of what I'm doing, it's just to build community, you know, and, and even take out the just it's to build community. Right. And, um, you know, it's just been so incredible. And one of the things that I think you so beautifully said there was like, you know, the relationships we built from childhood, right. And all these things. And, and something I've seen in, um, a lot of like the personal development world is like a lot of this, like, Hey, like, you know, um, you know, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And, and I get what that, you know, what that entails. Like if there's toxic people in your life uh, and you're around them a lot, yeah, it will definitely affect you. And I feel that one of the things that has been getting like uh, thrown around is the idea of like, oh, you outgrow people, you know? And yeah, I guess that could be true in some ways. But what I've realized is that everyone in your life serves a purpose, right? And so like, especially like going down these paths that we're on, right? A lot of like medicine work and like personal development, it's not for everyone, right? And 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 it doesn't, it shouldn't be, right? Like just like anything, you know, like certain people are not gonna wanna use kettlebells, certain people aren't gonna wanna use cannabis, you know, certain people aren't gonna wanna do necessarily anything. And so like one of the cool things I've really come into uh, knowing this year 
is that like, yeah, man, it's just like different flavors of ice cream. You know, sometimes like I love chocolate and then sometimes I'm going to want strawberry. Right. So instead of being like, you know, I discovered chocolate ice cream, strawberry ice cream is totally out. That was last week, man. You know, like I can't go back to that. You know, it's like, no, man, like all your friends are different songs that you like at different times. Right. And so like really just like sitting into the gratitude of every relationship I've I've ever had has been just so special, man. And, you know, knowing uh, full well uh, how lighthearted you are, man, that's like one of the things that like I've really noticed about you the most is just like your ability, like for someone who's like such a beast, man, like 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 physically like able to do things that like i saw you with that uh uh what do they call the super ball or whatever the other day dude (laughs) holy shit dude that is like that is like this is this is sparta type shit you know what i mean i'm like dude this guy is so (laughs) beastly right but your ability to like you know really like bring uh the warrior out when the warrior wants to come out and also like be able to encompass like you know the magician the lover um you know all the other archetypes is something that i uh that i gain a lot of inspiration from and that i value about you a lot and I'm curious, you know, as a very family oriented man, like what was your upbringing like to be able to um, embody all that? Because I imagine that, you know, I know you're very close with your father and I know that, you know, you spent time in Italy. So I'm really curious to dive into that, man, and figure out like how you became uh, that able to, uh, you know, flow between each archetype so beautifully. Well, dude, thank you so much for sharing that, man. Yeah, thank, man I, I really, <laughs> that, that means a lot. And yeah. like, it's not, it, it really is an honor to, you know, if there is a way that I would love to be perceived, it, it's truly for, for me being me. And I really do feel like that is an authentic expression of me. Like, mm. I, I, I feel like in the right environment or when I'm fired up, like I can turn it on and I can get as crazy as I want to get. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in the gym, and then also when serving medicine or like, um, I have the ability and, and, and it's just really where my heart's navigating me to. Yeah. And fr- from childhood, like I've always been very connected with my heart and always, I would say, man, since I can even remember since I was four, five, maybe five or so years old, like always been very aware of what my heart has been telling me and i i would say like i think in an italian culture and italian family like both my mom and dad are from sicily i was raised to by to a large extent by my grandparents who don't speak english mm. and they're very 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 warm people and like my i just i just feel very 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 grateful that i had you know the family that i had or have my grandparents who who passed away on my mom's side, like mm-hmm. being able to spend so many hours, like uh, grilling peppers, uh, making <laughs> wine, uh, canning tomatoes, like all those things, those rituals that I would do with my, with my grandfather. Like I had some really good embodiments of what I would experience to be like a balanced male. Like my, my grandfather, as an example, was, like the patriarch of the family and, and my dad in many respects, for sure, like very hard, hard, hard working uh, men, but who were also, you know, I, I, you know, not all the time, but I would witness them, you know, cry at times. Hmm. And I had that example as a kid. And so, and I also think it was just whatever I was excited about, it was always very much supported. So whether it was, trying something new, a new sport or whatever it was, 
Um, and then as, as I grew older, like, I think, not, I think, I mean, I, I really, this was my experience, Like even in high school, you know, I wasn't into, uh, out, outside of like in between competition cycles, I would drink and party and stuff like that. But for the most part in high school and college, like I was super disciplined mm. and in the three month or four month training cycle, like wouldn't party, wouldn't drink. And mm. I remember I, I just really enjoyed being different. And you <laughs> said something, I think in the intro of the podcast, like following the beat of your own drum or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And that's something that I was able to tune in. Like I was always able to identify what like a crowd mentality was mm -hmm. and then check in with myself. Like, you know, what's true for you right now? What, mm. what is true in your heart right now? And then I think over the years, it just became more and more and more natural. And I would say it's an ongoing process, but I'm really finding and feeling into, you know, uh, uh, less of like an, the idea, but more into like, what, what is this, what is stepping into, like when I'm using that ball, how does it feel? Well, it feels fucking amazing. I feel like I'm Wolverine. I feel like I'm flashing. <laughs> you look like it and, too, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, when it's time to serve medicine, it's like it's time to be quiet. Mm. It's time to, to go in or be more nurturing or whatever it is. Mm. And I think that's just something that's been practiced, but it's really just following what my heart, it feels most alive and most in touch with. And you know, now it's like, it's so interesting to me how life is evolving. And I never would have thought it would be kind of going in the direction it's going, but my heart's really telling me to move more in the path of the medicine work and to truly also combine movement with medicine, but in a way that really has a, a very balanced approach. So I don't know if that exactly answers your question, but it's just been something that my heart's been kind of like guiding me all along the way. That was a perfect answer, man. I wanted to say that first. And, you know, I'm really <laughs> glad you brought up medicine work um, because I know that you and I share a lot of uh, similarities in terms of just what medicine has done for us. You know, and, and one of just the many gifts you brought into my life is the medicine of combo. And I'd love it if you could share what combo is, how you discovered it, and what working with the medicine and sharing it with others has opened up and made available for you. Oh man, I'm, I, you know, it's it, to, to be, you know, to, to share a combo with you, like yeah. it's such, it's, it's like, it's fucking amazing. And also too, to have you share, you know, the cannabis ceremony that we were talking a little oh, bit about yeah. before the call, like it's, um, you know, sometimes you get, whether it's with medicine or with movement or whatever, you know, sometimes you really get fortunate to have a mentor, a teacher, or whatever it is, a practitioner who truly changes the game for you. That gives you a whole new, not just like appreciation, but a level of respect with anything that just opens your eyes, widens your heart, expands your brain. And like with combo specifically, so combo is it's the secretion of a particular type of tree frog that's found in the upper Amazon rainforest. And the name of the frog is called Philomedusa bicolor. Philo means leaf, medusa means guardian, and then bicolor means two two color basically. Mm. And this this specific like secretion or this specific medicine, if we want to call it that, 
it's been used by tribes for thousands of years, and it's been used traditionally for three main reasons. One, they would call it as like, um, it was used as a hunter's medicine. Sometimes they would call it hunter's magic. Mm-hmm. And then two, it was used for, think of it like a jungle vaccine, essentially. Like they would use it for when they would get sick, the flu, malaria. And then they would also use it traditionally when someone's experiencing like a stuck point in their life or they're, they're really experiencing heavy, dark energy. Mm. It was used to help them push through that. And with the hunter specifically, and this is really how I got my introduction to it, it is an incredible, for me at least, personally speaking, and I know many people have had the same experience, it is a great revitalizer to the entire body. Like mm. the first time I did it, and I had done it because it was recommended to me by a dear friend of mine who, you know, at that time I was heavily competing and traveling and I was still, I, I actually had, shoot, I've had fungal infections, parasite infections, bacteria infections. I've had stage three adrenal fatigue. <laughs> and with, with all that stuff, like my immune system was suppressed for a long time and I would oftentimes get sick. And so a buddy of mine recommended combo to me. He's like, yo, I think you would really enjoy this. It was used by hunters or warriors to help revitalize their body. It can help with potentially balancing the immune system. I think you'd really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And so the first time I did it, the next day, dude, I legitimately felt like I could run through a brick wall. And uh, <laughs> I was like, whoa, there's something here. And so it started on the physical side. But over the years, or it's been almost four years that I've been using it for my own health and healing, it's really opened up so many things for me. And it's really shown me today that it is way more than just something to help improve physical stamina, vitality. It truly does also work in my experience on the mental level, on the emotional level. Absolutely. Mm. Dude, you know, you were the first person to ever uh, administer combo to me. And I'm so grateful for that experience because, um, you know, it is such a beautiful medicine and it can be pretty, you know, scary. And I mentioned to you um, after <laughs> after I'd gone through the first time um, that I had had a really challenging psilocybin experience um, a few years before that where I was, you know, duped into thinking my throat was closing up and that I ate the wrong mold and that I was dying. Right. And so. Um, it was a, it was, it, it invoked a little bit of PTSD when it came to plant medicines for a little while. And so I remember you were talking about the swelling that can happen with combo, right? And, you know, you were saying like, listen, it's normal. Um, you know, I believe you said it's a vasodilator. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so you mentioned, you know, one of the last things you mentioned was like, and the throat might feel a little swollen. Right. And so I felt very safe because I was like, okay, I'm very glad I knew that. And I was a little scared too. And, you know, you talked me through it. You really allowed me to, like, understand the medicine because whenever I'm looking, like, I'm someone who likes to, like, know everything about, you know, certain medicines. And I really tried to leave that at the door and just go into the experience with no expectations um, because I didn't, you know, that was what felt right to me. You know, I'm trying to control things a lot and, you know, my mind and, you know, yada, yada, the things that we deal with. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to allow this to happen. It feels right. Uh, you know, it feels like a yes in my heart and I'm going to let it happen. And man, it was such a beautiful experience. And it was funny because I didn't really know what to quantify from it at first. So here's what happened, right? So we do combo. 
Uh, we do the other medicines there. And I left right from Colorado and went to Martha's Vineyard for two weeks with uh, Rachel. And so um, I don't know if you've ever been to the vineyard before. I'm hosting retreat next summer there. So if you haven't, um, you know, there'll be a cool chance to come. But it's island vibes. Oh, man. wow. Yeah, dude, it's, it's going to be really cool. Eric Blackwell's helping me out with it. And, uh, dude, it's going to be really fun. And it's an island off the coast of Cape Cod, right? So it's got, like, island vibes. It's still pretty, um, uh, like, rural in certain areas beautiful beaches man like some like they have like these clay beaches it's incredible right so whenever i go there i'm in like a nice like vacation vibration state you know and uh so i go there right from colorado and i remember just like i remember taking the ferry over and i just remember being so calm you know and of course there's a lot of stuff with covid going on people like you know like oh masks and everything and and i'm just peaceful you know i'm just enjoying it and uh and i remember thinking like wow there's a lot of mental real estate available right now interesting you know and uh and i figured like oh you know it's 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 nice weather i'm going to the beach i just had a great experience you know in colorado with all these amazing individuals um and so i didn't really think much of it so uh rachel and i you know we do some medicine journeys of our own in in uh the vineyard and i just remember being so connected so present right and and i was like wow that's that's interesting you know because i've done plenty of medicines you know different times that have never felt that specific thing like lasting over you know for the weeks to follow and um then i went to mark's house uh and we did uh another combo session and I remember after that, I woke up the next day and I had that same feeling and it was like supercharged again. And I was like, oh, that's combo. And then I became like obsessed. I was like, oh, my God, like this is incredible. Like this is really what I've been looking for, because as someone who especially like we talk about males, right? Like for those listening, just listen to what I'm about to say right now, because it's important. Um, Like for 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 people in general that aren't able to process emotions for whatever reason for me it was like my ego was protecting me from a lot of pain from my father passing from just you know just things that like uh it felt it needed to protect me from right so it was looking out for my best interest but it was just running amok and i could feel all that tension in my body it was showing up and you know just those symptoms we were talking about earlier like what is this weird tension you know my left side of my body my right side of my body and so like you know, what it did for me was it allowed me to actually physically purge those things out of me. And what I love about combo and, and actually like what I play with now, um, which was really fun this last time was, um, you know, what combo will do is it will, it will bring up things. That's what I've noticed, you know, like for instance, like, you know, as you're chugging the water, right? Like you'll just be thinking of like something and, you know, they put the medicine on you and a story will come up, you know, like, Oh God, am I really strong enough to, and before you can even finish it, it's like, blah, you purge that story out. You're like, All right. That's gone, you know, and then it's like the, you know, and so like just when you think you're not able to handle it, it's like, oh, that's exactly what's supposed to come out and launch it out of you, you know, and uh, I think that's so beautiful, man. Like, and I'm curious, you know, um, what was the first time you realized that you wanted to be a facilitator of that medicine? Dude, it's it's interesting. Um, I I, I want to say, you know, I knew right away from that first ceremony that there was something special about it for me like there was there was it was more than just uh a one-time experience and like for the first year that i did it i did it twice so about approximately six months apart Hmm. and i got tremendous benefit and then the next year i was like you know what i'd like to i'd like to do this a little bit more like i'd love this to be a little bit more of like my just 
healthy protocol for the year. So maybe like once every four months, I'll give it a shot. And so I was doing it approximately once a quarter. And then I was like, man, like it, it just, whether, whether it's like, like a, it's hard to express with words, but it's more of just, it was more of a feeling. Hmm. And then after the second year, I was like, what if like, what if I, sh I just asked myself the question, like, what if I was the person that to, to share this with people? Like what, what if, what if I could share this with people? And for so long, the stories that came up, like, Oh no, you, you're not, you, you're not supposed to serve this. Like you're not meant to serve this. You're supposed to, you know, just be a, a kettlebell guy, a mm -hmm. Bulgarian back guy. You can't do this. Mm. And that was the story that ran the show for a while. And, and, and I was just like, man, but I just keep getting this feeling like I'm either meant to sit with this more, or maybe, maybe, you know, I'm supposed to share this with others. And so for about a year, I did it once a month. And during that time, I really developed what I would say is, is a closer connection to how I experienced the spirit of combo, what it's done for me. I was sitting in multiple circles, working with different practitioners. I got to get a lot more educated on the context of combo. Um, and I really just started witnessing people's experiences as well as, and, and even my own, of course. And I was like, man, this is really special. And then on medicine visions of other medicines, as well as like, dude, I, and this is no exaggeration. <laughs> I would see frogs show up everywhere. Like <laughs> I would be at the friend's house in Italy and right next to the, the bed that I was staying at, she'd have a little frog statue. And then I'd go visit a friend at an Airbnb while taking a course in San Diego. And I'd go to her door and the doorbell was a frog. And then I was in Hawaii and then there was literally just frogs all over the road one day. And it was just interesting because whether it was in my visions and in my visions, what would always show up in a different way was me supporting a group of like young male warriors. Hmm. And I like saw myself in the center of a group of a bunch of young men and it just showed. And I, and I would ask this question and for a long time, I was just, I really wanted to know like, why, mm -hmm. like, where's this coming from? Is it coming from an ego place or is it really coming from a genuine heart centered place of wanting to serve and support others? Mm. And it just became more and more clear. And then after that year of, of sitting once a month, I was like, no, you, you really need to go down the path. And if anything, <laughs> if anything, for just your health, for me to serve myself, as well as to be able to serve my family, mm -hmm. if that's all it's for, then great. But at least you have that tool and you know how to use it safely and to share it with others. And then once I, I you know got back from training, I was like, yeah, this is it. This is something that I feel so nourished, so fulfilled with, and it does feel like it's coming from a truly genuine place to, to want to support, you know, the health and the healing of others. And so it was a long journey, I would say, but most of it was due to me having to rewrite the stories in my own head of feeling like I wasn't meant or I, I, I as a white guy or whatever, mm -hmm. I shouldn't be able to carry this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Dude, I know exactly what you're saying because I've had that same story for a long time. You know, um, 
And when I worked at the dispensary, you know, of course, like I've been into psychedelics for years because they just truly helped me. You know, uh, I had a lot of stories against them for many years. And then when I first tried um, psilocybin, um, you know, I had all these stories of what was going to happen. And it was a very nice, mild experience. I didn't go into it heavy or anything. And I came out feeling incredible. And that really like just shattered the whole story I had around these different plant medicines. And I was like, well, if that was you know inaccurate, you know, with the story I'd had, then what other medicines I have been, you know, portrayed as inaccurate, right? Um, and so that led me down a rabbit hole, you know, and, and, you know, then <laughs> now I end up the person I am today. But like, it's funny that, you know, when I was at the dispensary, a lot of people would call me a shaman, you know, and I, I got so cringed out over that. I was like, dude, don't call me that. Like, cause I was like, as a white guy, you know, like, who am I like to do this work type stuff? And, um, and then like, it's what's been so great about, you know, we talked about community earlier being a part of like this community, right. And being a part of communities of like really like-minded men who are also like just fucking leaders, like straight up, right. Let's like call it as it is, right. Like leaders who like, will just be like, Hey, um, you're this, uh, have you seen that in yourself before? And so that happened to me. And I think it was like blood. So someone who was just like, dude, cut that fucking story out. You're medicine, man. Like it, it was, it's just really funny. And Danny yeah. Rios actually helped me a lot with that. And he was like, bro, like, who cares? Like, if you're white, it doesn't matter. Like, come to Mexico, I'll introduce you to everyone, like, just do it, right? And um, yes, yeah, so I really, I really got to give him credit for that, man. That was actually in Colorado. Um, and then Adam Chin helped me quite a bit with that, too. Um, you know, they helped, uh, he helped uncover the story I had had surrounding authority, right? And how, like, I truly believe that everyone, like, I think you mentioned it earlier, like, we all are so unique that we're not comparable to one another, right? And so, like, I had this, uh, this story that, like, hey, to be able to say that I know things about these medicines puts me on some pedestal and I don't like that, right? And so, um, you know, Adam, myself, uh, Ryan Walla and Eric Blackwell had a really funny conversation about this. And then at the very end, when I had kind of had this like awareness gained around the story and how it wasn't serving me, Adam played the one word game in me, which was just because you don't want to be the authority does not mean you can't be an authority. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and that's that's when I really started stepping in and doing like the cannabis ceremonies and doing all this stuff. And uh, it's been beautiful, man. You know, like it's you know, it's 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 really such a it feels so ancestral. You know, it feels like in my blood. And I, I imagine you feel the same way, right? Like humans have been doing this for other humans and themselves for thousands of years, right? Um, I mean, we're most closely related out of any kingdom to fungus, right? And uh, that has tripped me out multiple times when I've been on psilocybin, you know? Uh, it's just very interesting, you know? And on the subject, you know, like Plant and animal medicines have been exploding in popularity over the past few years as more and more research comes out affirming the benefits so many have been claiming for years. Coming from both your own personal experiences and the experiences of others, um, I'm curious, why do you feel humans are being called to reintegrate and, you know, have experiences with these ancient teachers once again? Man, such a good question, dude. Yeah. Like, it's it's like in our DNA, mm. like at least that's how I look at it. Like yeah. ritual it, it's ritual, rites of passage, community. Like these are things that, that really, I really do believe and feel like we need to, to realize our truest, highest, fullest potential, whatever you want to call it. Like, and 
it just going back to what you said, like it just feels whether it's to serve medicine to sit with it, it just feels like a natural thing, and like it legitimately just feels like we're like speaking for myself, and and also what I heard you say is like it just feels like we're carrying on something that we're meant to do. Like mm. it, it just feels like just like you know whether it's making coffee, you know the ritual for me around coffee, or you know you with cannabis, like. These are things that I feel like we've been doing for so long. Storytelling, right? Mm, like, man, yes. sitting around a fire, sitting around whatever you, you're sitting around a fire, but sitting around the dinner table, like forever, forever. That's how the end of the evening would go. Mm-hmm. You would work during the day, and then you'd get close with your friends, your family, the the community, and you would share stories, and you would learn from the elders, and you would you know, um, talk about the day's events or whatever it is. And the, the, what, what I really do feel that, that we're doing with, with intention around it, I would say most importantly with intention around it is like, we're rebringing back these practices that truly help support us feeling more connected with many parts of ourselves that we've potentially forgotten as well as with, with those around us. And so like, it, it's interesting because like I shared, you know, my briefly, my experience of, of sitting with you and your, your, you know, the cannabis ceremony. And mm-hmm. then also I've shared with you on prior conversations about my partner Lauren, her experience, like, dude, like you've changed the game with how I experience cannabis now. And so <laughs> you know, that yeah. didn't take someone from uh, I don't even know an indigenous tribe or anything. <laughs> that took Brian Sprague bringing his intention, his love and a hundred percent Ryan into uh, a medicine, a plant that he feels you feel very connected with and sharing yeah. that. And like, so it's almost like, um, I really do believe that, that what we're doing just feels like we're carrying on a tradition hmm. that we've lost. And it, it feels from, from the heart, like, like it's what we're, we're here to do. And, and the fact that you've had such a transformative and powerful effect just with that one ceremony mm-hmm. with me and, and Lauren and, you know, as best of my ability to, to serve combo with so much love and so much respect and reverence for the medicine and, and holding space for others to have their own experience and, and to heal and to connect with it. It's like, it really, it, it's, I'd arguably say it's been one of the most fulfilling things I've done uh, up to this point in my life. And so for that, I'm just fucking, just fucking grateful, man. So, um, yeah, it just has given me a sense of like, like I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be doing the exact work that I'm supposed to be doing. And, and that's priceless. Yeah, man, that, you know, I'm really glad you said that last part, too. That's actually an affirmation that I say daily is I am exactly where I need to be right now and where I'm supposed to be right now. And man, like the accuracy, like that feels so accurate to me these days and you know, it's funny. I was just, uh, I think I mentioned this earlier, um, that I was listening back to an earlier podcast and just like, you know, uh, that I did with a buddy of mine, uh, back in like nine months ago. And I could just feel the pressure I had on myself back then. Right. And one of the best things about plant medicines, right, is our ability to become, uh, reintegrated into like the collective, right? Because really we are connected to every single living thing. And, We've lost that connection as a society in many ways. 
And in doing so, we've lost the ability, many of us have, and I know I did for a long time, to fully be ourselves, right? And having had the opportunity to share space with you multiple times in 4D over the past few months, your ability to bring forth the truest and most authentic version of yourself has served as a big source of inspiration for me in my journey of diving into all the layers that are me. And I know that I am one of many that feel the same way. Being is how I truly feel the best gift we can give to others is the gift of being our truest selves. What insights could you share with the listeners, many of whom are on the same paths as we are, as to how to go about discovering who they truly are and how they can, you know, give their uniqueness to the world? Man, I'm well, again, thank you so much for sharing that, bro. Yeah. I mean that from, from my heart, man. Yeah, like, the, it's interesting because like with social media and everything like everything that's out there, it, it truly is people. And I, and I say this for myself, I'm not like giving myself a cop out or anything, but yeah. like, it's very easy to always put your best quote unquote foot forward. Right. When mm-hmm. you're sharing a post or like, like it's rare that I'll share bloopers. I probably mm-hmm. should share more, you know, but, <laughs> uh, but truly the, the posts or the shares or whatever that, that resonate most with people that I've seen are, are, are when we share from, from a more authentic place or the most authentic place, whether it's vulnerability that, that really connects with that, that human aspect. And what I would say is for someone who's put a tremendous, tremendous amount of pressure to quote unquote, be perfect or to not show, you know, uh, both sides of the coin or whatever, when we're down, it's like, you'd be surprised at, at truly how many people really find that refreshing. They appreciate it. And so what I would say is like one of the best pieces of advice is if you're curious or, or concerned about, you know, if people are going to judge you, if you put something out on social as an example that, that feels true to you, you know, start, start with a safe circle. You know, start, start with your, your partner, start with your brother, your sister, someone who you feel like that, you know, uh, isn't going to automatically like tear you down because there is some really fucking mean people out there. Like <laughs> yeah. I've posted just very heart centered stuff, whether it's been on YouTube and for the most part, it's super well received. But then sometimes, man, some people are just flat out fucking mean. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. you're like, where did that come from? Do your best not... <laughs> What's that? I said, like, you, you ask yourself, like, where did that come from? Like, who, who does that? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, totally. And, but when you, when you practice with like your safe circle, you start developing, like, I would say like a muscle and then, hmm. you know, you put one thing out and, and you get some feedback and, um, and it just becomes more and more of a practice. So I, I've done my best to find ways that feel safe for me to share and show up. Like another thing is um, I did before, uh, right when COVID hit, I did 30 days of every single day in Instagram live, teaching movement, meditation, stretching, whatever it was, hmm. just as a, as, a, as a gift to want to support people. And normally everything that I would put out, like all my programs are super produced and they look really good. And I was like, yo, I'm going to challenge myself to do these lives and to legitimately be goofy, just be me and like whatever anyone thinks it's okay because they're going to go away after, you know, uh, a day or whatever. Mm. So I would legitimately like, I wouldn't even have my camera set up, which for me was a big deal. Like, I wouldn't have my camera set up. I wouldn't have anything set up until the time it was to go live. Like I'd be setting it up like 
my uh the camera would be facing the floor and like i'd be moving stuff and <laughs> i actually did that on purpose because i wanted to allow myself the space to just fuck up yeah and what i found was is like man it was incredibly freeing and people just really resonated with it so the probably for me what's what's been really helpful and i would suggest and recommend is find ways that feel safe for you to really practice showing up as you because it's always there, right? You're mm-hmm. always you. It's yeah. just getting over the stories and what we think. And so whatever that looks like for someone or for you, whoever's listening, just do it and just know the more that you do it, it will get more comfortable and more comfortable. And then one day, just like you said, you'll look back nine months, a year, you know, uh, and you'll be like, wow, like now almost everything or everything that I post really just feels like me. Like it doesn't feel like I'm, trying to be anyone or it's taking a lot of energy out of me or so that that's in my process so hopefully that's helpful to, to some of the people listening dude that is helpful for me to hear <laughs> so i can imagine it'd be very helpful <laughs> for everyone else listening too and you said it perfectly at the end there too which was like you'll look back and realize like oh wow like actually like what i post now is just very easily me it doesn't take a lot of energy um and i think that comes from like uh, the process of depressurizing ourselves, you know, because yeah. I know speaking for myself, like, man, I took life so seriously for most of my life. And I was like such a perfectionist and took pride in calling myself a perfectionist. Talk about doubling down on a story, right? And uh, and wondering why <laughs> I was having so much tension in my body and stuff like, no, I'm a perfectionist, man. You know, like, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> and uh, but it's just it's it's so important, you know, because like and for everyone listening you know, one of the greatest things that I've realized is that when you speak to everyone, you're heard by no one, right? So like, if you put something out, and it's not perfect, right? And some, you know, asshole comments, like something rude, like, hey, you know what, there's 7.5 billion people on the planet. If you resonate, <laughs> if everyone resonated with you, right, that would be exhausting. So just thank them for making your job easier. <laughs> like straight up, you know, like, and yeah. So like that's been something that's been really rewarding for me is realizing that like if someone leaves something negative, it says much more about them than it does about you, um, that they would take time out of their day to say something like that. And um, and it's actually, you know, I've had some really interesting conversations with people that have um, left like, you know, negative quote unquote comments um, where like I, you know, that's been a great um, opportunity to like uh, take the, you know, just be the be the bigger person right and instead of like commenting back of something like actually asking them like hey man like what's or hey woman you know what's what's going on um in your life you know right now that's that's making you show up that way and sometimes like you actually get people to open up and it's a great opportunity to like you know be the change you know or be the light and um so that's been really uh influential for me as well um so dude yeah i I love you shared that bro i love that you shared that there's you know what just came up too please yeah if if one thing that's been very helpful is like when it comes to sharing is i'll sometimes call it moments of momentum or moments of inspiration like before i used to really plan out when i was going to be on instagram live or whatever and now i legitimately just look for the moments when I'm in the energetic state, vibration, whatever you want to call it, when I feel the most me. Mm. So sometimes that happens after a workout when I'm just like, damn, I'm feeling good. I like my <laughs> energy's good. I feel accomplished. And then 
the share or whatever my post or whatever it is, or my email that I send out, whatever could have nothing to do with training, Mm -hmm. but that wasn't the point. The point was riding the momentum of a moment, a situation an experience when you feel the most you. And that goes, so now it's like, I plan way less of what I'm going to say or content things. And I just know and trust that when I feel the most just fucking just on or just, even if I'm feeling sad, yeah. like that can like sometimes feeling really down and I'm just like, wow, I'm really feeling this right now. And I feel called to share from exactly where I'm at. So when you feel, or when someone feels the most connected with themselves, that can be such a beautiful time to share what's on your heart or, uh, and, and that, that is like, when I rewatch those videos, I'm like, dude, that was all me, all heart. And when I say all me, I mean like all heart, no head. Yeah, dude, that is amazing, man. And I actually, I wrote a post the other day that was something along the lines of like, um, you know, heart open, head empty, you know, and, and it's just like, it's so true, man. Like, and I love that you brought up sadness too, because like a lot of times I think, uh, I know for myself, like I've thought like, oh, if I'm not like super happy, I couldn't make a good post, but really like any emotion is coming from your heart, right? So whether you're sad, excited, frustrated, angry, happy, you know, any of those states of emotion, you're tapped into your heart, right? Like look at blues music. It's called blues because people write it when they got the blues, you know, like, and it's some of the most incredible music that's ever been produced, right? And it's under a lot of hardship, right? And so like, and at the end of the day, like, I really feel that especially on social media, people are really waking up to like the idea that like, you know, maybe I'm not going to emulate the guys with the rented Lamborghinis and the, you know, the girls, you know, and everything (laughs) like that, because it's just, it's not real, you know, like, and, you know, you've seen this uh, portrayed in like a lot of like what's coming out now in terms of like entertainment where they're like, they're talking about how like a lot of these people with the big Instagram accounts and stuff, um, you know, they'll be at a party like doing nothing, you know, hanging out and they'll be like, oh, let's take a picture and they'll seem like they're doing something so wild and they'll just go back to like hanging out on their phones after the picture's taken, you know, and it's like, <laughs> I think like the the veil is lifting a lot and people are just really coming back to like an authentic state, you know, they want what's authentic, they don't want what's going to make them necessarily feel good, they want what's going to make them feel period, you know, and it's been, you know, really, that's one of the most beautiful things I've seen happen over 2020 is people really just saying, you know what, uh, life is a lot simpler than we make it doesn't mean it's easy. It just means it's simpler than we're making it. You know, if we have food on the table, clean water to drink, a roof over our heads and good friends to share it with, it's like, man, our cup overfloweth, you know? And, um, dude, speaking of cups overflowing, man, like this conversation has been incredible, man. Like my cup is overflowing all over the place right now, <laughs> uh, metaphor- <laughs> metaphorically. And, uh, Mike, you know, I really got to thank you for coming on, man. And, you know, I'm curious, um, where can people go to find you, connect with you, work with you, and learn from you, man? So the best place would be Instagram right now um, at my, my name, Mike.Salemi. If anyone wants to check out my website, it's MikeSalemi.io, not .com. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, if anyone has any questions, please feel free to reach out, whether it's to whether it's learn uh, kettlebell training, Bulgarian bag training, get connected with a combo ceremony, um, any way that I can be of service to the best of my ability, I will do that. And man, like 
to connect with you, bro. Like my mm. cup is overflowing and to be able to share with your audience in direct alignment with what fucking just gets me so jacked. Like I just didn't even realize how quickly like legit, like the time just flew. And, uh, Dude. so yeah, it's just, to have a heart centered conversation with you, my friend is just bringing me a lot of joy and any way I can, you know, support your audience, your community, just let me know. It, it's really been a pleasure for sure, man. Thank you, brother. And I really couldn't have said that better myself. You know, I just looked at the time I'm like, oh, my God, it's already 730. That's crazy. Right. And uh, it's just so fun, man, because you really like what I've been realizing a lot recently is just like, you know, everyone says like time's an illusion, bro, you know, and it's like, I get it. You know, like I <laughs> rationally understand it, you know, but like there are really times where I feel what that means, you know, and, you know, I it's always when I'm just purely present with someone that I'm genuinely just so curious about, like hearing their journey and just chatting and like. This is, again, one of the great things I've seen happen with 2020 is people are realizing the value of connecting, you know, a lot again, you know, they're realizing like, you know, all this technology is all well and good. But if you don't have the basic, you know, um, uh, uh, like ability to connect with people on a deep level, on a real level, on a heart level, then really like all this stuff is just shiny objects, you know, and um, it's just it's so I'm so grateful to be able to connect with you, man, you know, like for everyone listening, like I've been watching Mike for years, right? Like watching this guy crush it, you know, and to be able to, you know, share space with you, Mike, and be able to like just riff with you like this. It's just it really is a dream come true, man. And uh, I just I really, really appreciate everything you've given me, everything you've taught taught me the experiences you bestowed upon me um it's just you know your presence has affected my life in an incredibly positive way and uh to say that i am really really eternally grateful man would be an understatement so seriously thank you again <laughs> oh man you're so welcome dude i love you brother love uh, you. yeah i love right. you too man and i have i have one more question mike if you're up for it what do you say yeah 100 percent. all right let's do it man so that question is if someone listening could only make one change to highly optimize their life, what would Mike Salemi suggest that change be? The biggest thing that comes up for me right now is to take a pause, sit, breathe, and check it. And whatever that looks like for, for you who's listening, you know that, that can be whatever feels right for you. I just know for me, like, what checking in means for me is, is literally as simple as I'll fill my body, whether it's in standing position, uh, seated position, laying down, I'll take one to three deep breaths and then I'll do my very best to check in with what my heart is saying. And sometimes I'll speak verbally and sometimes I won't speak verbally, but a lot of times I do speak out loud to myself. And so I'll just say for me, the, the name, um, so, uh, Mikey is what my closest, closest, closest family calls me. Mm. Mike is what my Instagram and all my friends out there call me. And then Michael was, uh, I would say, like my formal name. Mm. So when I'm talking to myself, I'll often say Mikey. Mm. And I'll say, Mikey, what's coming up? Mikey, how are you honestly feeling? And that has done more for me to, I would say, optimize myself or put me in better alignment with my heart, with my mind, with my spirit than anything else. And so the biggest piece of advice I would give is to be still for one to three breaths and ask yourself the question to the heart, what's really coming up for you right now? 
and allow that wisdom to guide your decisions, your interactions, whatever. Um, that's been so, so, so hugely, deeply beneficial for me. So I hope, uh, I hope everyone who's listening gives that at least a try once um, and just see what happens and let me know. I love that, brother. And, you know, I'll also, um, you know, agree with that because, you know, one thing I've heard at these retreats since going to Colorado was like, you know, drop in, you know, and like, I would just like close my eyes and my mind would just be like, all right, I'm just going to close your eyes for a second, you know, and like this time actually like going through training camp and having all of that happening uh, simultaneously to the Austin retreat, like it landed different. And I was like, Oh, I get what they mean. Like when you drop in, you slow your breath down, you down regulate and you're able to hear your heart come online or feel your heart come online. And when that does come online, you're able to access the infinite source of wisdom within you that is you, right? Because your mind is just a tool that your heart and soul are supposed to be able to use to navigate through 4D reality, right? But the way that I always put it is like in our societies, like uh, our mind has been like powerlifting since it's been three years old and the rest of us have kind of just been hanging out on the beach, you know, so it's like getting everything <laughs> used to like, you know, like, oh, this needs training too. like I actually like, you know, and this is where for me, like Rachel's helped so much, you know, really allowing me to tap back into my heart. And um, and I just, you know, it, I, I love, love, love that piece of advice, brother, because it is it's so true. And, you know, I feel there are so many people that are having challenges sitting with themselves and, you know, the stories that they're telling themselves about themselves. And so really being able to tune in and drop into whatever's coming up is just an invaluable uh, source of inspiration and an available uh like, you know, an incredible source of wisdom as well. And um, yeah, I love that, man. That's so perfect. Guys, I have been following Mike for years and having gotten the opportunity to share space with him multiple times as of late, I can tell you firsthand just how much his wisdom and ability to create safety in any room he enters is world-class. Mike is a true testament to what life can look like when you use your challenges to make you rather than break you and answer the call to become the fullest expression of who you, are, who you are meant to be in this world. Speaking of answering the call, starting this podcast has been such a wild ride of answering the call from within to step up to the plate and spread positivity to the world. And by each one of you sharing the podcast with the people you love most and leaving a review on iTunes, you are helping to co-create positive force in the world we are all so fortunate to call home. Mike, thank you from the bottom of my heart from coming onto the show to share your wisdom and love with the listeners and for serving as such a force of love and positivity for the world to relish in and gain inspiration from. Until our paths cross again, brother, journey well, be well, love and light over to you. Namaste. What is up, everybody? I hope you are all enjoying the show, and I wanted to stop by real quick and share a little bit about our latest podcast sponsor, Freedom Builders. Now, Freedom Builders are a team of graphic designers, website creators, videographers, social media marketing experts, and coaches that build out your custom online business from A to Z. This is a done-for-you service, which means they do the work for you while you get to put your focus back on what you love most, which is coaching your clients and bringing in sales. 
Now, as a former online fitness coach, Mike knows where your struggle points are and exactly how to help you overcome them. This is why he created Freedom Builders, so that you can scale your business while protecting your time and your energy. Now, you guys know that delegation is a business superpower, and you can activate this superpower today by scheduling a complimentary call with Mike at freedombuilders, with a Z on the end, dot com, so you can start building the freedom that allows you to take your business to the next level. Alex and I recently connected with Freedom Builders for our Connect with Cannabis build-out, and we could not have been happier with the results. With Mike and his team, they were able to go through an outline and create a personalized program for our experience, develop our brand identity, build and design a custom-branded webpage, professionally edit our program video content, custom design all of our slide presentations, automate our email marketing sequences, create a seamless payment system for our offer, design unique infographics for our social media content, and guide us through our proven launch blueprint to generate organic leads through our social media. So if you're a coach, facilitator, or healer listening to this ad right now, and you are looking to put freedom back into your life, once again, go to freedombuilders, with a Z on the end, .com, and book your complimentary call today. I hope you all enjoy the rest of the show, and I'm wishing you the best day ever.